This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. The title of tonight's Solid Talk is Hood Hypnosis, the Worst Peer Pressure. The Worst Peer Pressure. Now, this title is subject to change, but that's what it is for right now. And I want to kind of bring you guys into something that I saw earlier in the week. And just bear with me because I got to get through a lot of a lot of stuff that might seem a little bit trivial, but it's, it's to build the point that I'm trying to get to. I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this guy who went to my high school. He wrote on his status, rest in peace, uh, such and such. It was a rapper. And he was like, man, I'm so sad, you know, sad face and all that. I can't believe you're gone and such and such. And I kind of noticed it. But to be honest with you, so many of these rappers just die so constantly and and no disrespect to any of them or their fans, but I, I don't even know who they are until after they die, you know, most of the time. Now, that's probably because I'm out the game. You know, I'm, I'm not in the mix like I used to be. So um, I used to feel like I was <laughs> like ahead of the game. Now I'm way, way behind in, the, in that type of genre. So that being said, I was scrolling on Facebook again and I saw an interview with the guy that I recognize the name that the guy has said rest in peace to, there was an interview with the guy named Vlad TV. So Vlad is interviewing this rapper named uh, FBG Duck. Okay, he's a Chicago rapper. Uh, we'll get into what he raps about in a moment. But basically in the interview, he, Vlad asked him, why don't you move out of Chicago? Because this young man had been shot in Chicago twice already. So he asked him, why don't you move out of Chicago? There are other rappers who have moved out of Chicago. Lil Durk has moved out of Chicago. Chief Keefe has moved out of Chicago. So why don't you make that same decision? And basically what this guy said this this guy he was he was he's I think he was uh whatever whatever he's about in his twenties probably like twenty six twenty seven years old when he did this interview he probably was like twenty five twenty six so basically what he said was those people who moved out of Chicago those are real rappers you know they they are real rappers and then he said that they are bees okay like you know like. <laughs> Like B I T C H E S, like he, they are those things. And what I saw in that, there was a few other things he said. You know, I got business, I got folks' business in Chicago. I know how to move in Chicago. You know, basically, he was kind of saying that he's familiar with it, that he's not used to meeting new friends and 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 going to different places where he doesn't know folks. So he'd rather stay at this place that he's familiar with as opposed to just leaving. Although, keep in mind, he's been shot twice, okay? And, you know, allegedly, I guess because Vlad asked him the question, he had enough money to at least relocate, okay? 
So in this guy's mind, he didn't want to leave Chicago because he thought that it was cowardly to leave Chicago. He called the other rappers that did leave Chicago basically bees, right? Now that guy, FBG Duck, he's dead today. He died uh, probably uh, maybe like three or f about three, eight, three or four days ago. He passed away and he was shot uh, right in downtown Chicago in a luxury shopping area, you know, which is ironic because in this interview, he was just saying how he just knows how to move in Chicago. I'm like a ghost. I see them, but they don't see me and all of these different things. Now, this interview was like two years ago. You know, he was high as a kite. But to me, that's really no excuse because whatever, regardless of you, that's your decision to get high and then have the interview. But I think even in his intoxication, what he was saying, I do believe that that's actually how he felt about the situation. So it, it got me to to get a little bit curious about what happened, like what caused this guy to, to get shot. So I spent pretty much all Thursday, y'all know the little teeny bit of hood I got in me. I love a, a hood affair sometimes. So I'm trying to figure out like who shot this dude? Who was he beefing with? What did he rap about? Because I'm seeing people say, you know, in the comments of the Vlad video, like, okay, he's dead today, man. He should have he should have made that decision. Why wasn't he smarter? And the first thing that came to mind was the scripture about pride, how it says that uh, before uh, let me let me let me let me look it up specifically real quick. There's a scripture that says um, it basically talks about how uh, pride comes before fall. But let me let me get it real specific for you. It's it's a Proverbs 16 and 18. It said it says pride goeth before destruction, and in haughty spirit before a fall. Okay. So the pride that he had about not being someone to leave his to leave his city, the pride that he had about having allegiance to a place that 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 obviously was trying to shoot and kill him dead and obviously succeeded in that, you know, third time's a charm. Right. Because of the pride that he had about not wanting to look like a bee. I guess maybe not one to turn his his back on his on his hood or whatever that resulted in his demise because I don't want to look like a coward. OK, I'm literally just going to keep my life in danger when I don't have to. If he didn't have to do if he didn't uh, choose to do that, he would still be alive today. OK, so I begin to follow this young man and. uh just kind of see see what was going on so i spent almost all thursday doing it. i can pretty much tell you you know what i mean like the whole uh history of chicago beef at this point <laughs> the gds and the bds and all that now i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like like i'm in the mix so i'm not trying to be disrespectful by 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 speaking on something that i quote unquote don't know about but i know enough to speak about where i want to go in this conversation and so when i was looking at the guy three weeks ago Matter of fact, I'm not even going to start three weeks ago. I'm, I'm going to back it up a little bit further. The guy had beef with some with some other dudes. I'm going to keep it real simple. I ain't even going to get into the names and all that. But but the guy was beefing with folks. Okay, Chicago gang wars have been going on for a long time now. Uh, so he's beefing with these folks. Uh, 
throughout the history of this gang warfare, many people have died along the way. Friends have lost friend after friend after friend after friend. And to these people, to them, it's all a game, right? It's, it's, it's a game to them because when they, when they kill one of their ops, okay, that's your rival gang member, your opposition. When they kill their op, they call it an op pack. Okay, so if I kill somebody named, you know, uh, just making up a name, Leroy, I'm smoking a Leroy pack of weed they're talking about. So when they kill somebody new to them, it's a new it's a new op pack that they smoking on. So I started looking at this guy and kind of figuring out, kind of piecing this stuff together. I ain't no cop or nothing like that, but I, I do a little detective work here and there just because I want to know what's going on. <laughs> and I see some comments early. I'm going to get to these comments. But. I noticed as, as as foolish as that guy sounded in that interview, the guy FBG Duck, as foolish as he sounded in that interview, I got the sense that there was a part of him that wanted to make a change. Now, why do I why do I get the sense about this? For two reasons specifically. One reason is that he made a song called Chicago Legends. And then this song called Chicago Legends, granted, he's glorifying all of these so-called legends for the wrong reasons. All of these were just gang members that was in gangs and they got killed. And he's kind of glorifying how hard they used to go or things he heard about them. But nonetheless, he made a song called Chicago Legends. And in the song, he's talking about all his dead homies. But then he does something that is, I almost want to say is unprecedented. <laughs> but he talks about how the, the rivals, like the people he used to beef with, those people that fail, he talks about them and, and he showed love to them. So a lot of people were saying that he was trying to squash the beef that he had with these folks. But it's like when you in that kind of lifestyle, squashing beef is something that has to be mutual, right? It's something that has to, <laughs> that has to be mutual. You might want to make amends with me but because I'm still mad about you killing my brother or my sister or my mother or my son or my daughter, that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to make amends with you. So after he made the the the, the Chicago Legend song, that was like a form of what they call dog whistling. So some of us might have heard this ter heard this term before, dog whistling. For anyone who who's not familiar, it basically means when you're saying something but you're not actually saying what you're saying. So what I'm saying is <laughs> when he made this on Chicago legends, that was probably him saying all this beefing and shooting that we doing is stupid. And really a part of me wants to, wants to, wants it to come to an end because the end result is death. It's not producing anything out of it. That's what he was really kind of saying in the song. Then I went on his Instagram and he did another dog whistling, uh, video on his Instagram where he was talking about basically how this is what he said. I'm, I'm paraphrasing all this, <laughs> but he basically said, if you see somebody with their kids, you should give them a pass and not shoot them because half you ends don't know how to shoot anyway. And y'all missing y'all targets and y'all are killing these kids in the neighborhood. So 
granted is not anywhere near noble right <laughs> in the grand scheme of things what i really feel like he was uh maybe hoping to one day evolve into is to get to a place to say what he really wants to say is that we really shouldn't be shooting each other at all but the reason why he can't say that is because of the peer pressure okay it's because of the peer pressure now the thing about peer pressure is this now listen we we chatting real serious i might have to open this line let me let me get my little move off then i'm gonna open the lines tonight but the thing the thing about peer pressure is this okay every people group has every every social dynamic for the most part has peer pressure because we're social creatures we want to fit in where we fit in we want to belong we want to be accepted we want to be validated we want to be loved so so whether you are a a, a hood dude in the trenches of chicago or whether you are you know uh a valley girl often uh you know beverly hills california somewhere there is peer pressure but the difference between the type of peer pressure that say an inner a, a inner city gang member of chicago has versus the valley girl in in uh beverly hills is that her type of peer pressure is not going to get her killed okay it might make her feel bad it might make her want to um, change her personality to fit in it might make her want to spend beyond her means so she can feel like she's acceptable or she's fashionable it, it could result in a lot of negative things don't get me wrong but it's really sad when you are a young black african-american or sometimes latin whatever if you're a young gang member right and your peer pressure motivates you or i won't say motivate your peer pressure motivates uh, i said it again <laughs> your peer pressure pressures you to be ignorant see it's a it's a, a, a most mostly all peer pressure is pretty much bad but it's really bad when you can't just be free when you can't just be yourself and when you don't do that do that it results in your death right it results in you being a bee or something like that so what happens is a lot of these guys look for an outlet they feel like there's only and I this by no means is this all black people, all Latino. I'm not saying this all at all. All none of my friends had this predicament. Praise God, you know. All my friends I grew up with, you know, they pretty much like me. They professionals, well off. You know, most of us ain't got kids. One of them got a kid. Uh, you know, lovely little girl. She about three now. But my point is that those who are in that environment. It's, 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 this is why I say it's, it's almost the worst peer pressure because it's a peer pressure that really suppresses your, your growth in life. Okay. If I'm, if I'm just going to some suburban school and I'm peer pressured and you know, the kids making fun of how I dress. Okay, fine. I get through that. Maybe I got a little anxiety. Maybe I, I, I got a little depression, but for the most part, I grow up go to college, get a job, start a family, and I don't think too much more about it. But it's really sad when you have a peer pressure that gets on you for being for being or sounding too intelligent. 
a peer pressure that gets on you for trying to make something of yourself, a peer pressure that gets on you for not wanting to be violent or for wanting to to squash the violence. You know, a song I used to love, he used to say, I'm, I'm a hood figure. Okay, and one of the things he said in there, he said, hustle mean hard work, hard work if you scared, go to church, right? Church in this culture, according to that song, is for scared people, okay? That, that's for scared people. So what these guys do is most of, nobody wants to live this way, right? Well, let me not even say, I think some of them do want to live this way, but how can I say it? People don't choose this lifestyle, but at the same time, they're looking for an outlet. So if you're good at basketball, if you're good at rapping, if you're good at um, basically uh, anything that can kind of just get you out of that box so that you don't have to be bound to this ignorance because Everybody that appears to be ignorant isn't always ignorant. Okay, there's a lot of people that are just in a bad predicament, but they have a lot on their minds if you really sit down and talk talk to them. And one of the things these guys do is they go to religion. But you'll find that a lot of them won't go to church because they some of them think that's a white man's religion, but then they go to Islam instead because they see that as an outlet where somebody in their hood will say, I I see him, he trying to, you know, be serious about the, the Muslim thing, so I'm going to give him a pass. So they let that slide. So there's only a few outlets that, th that this mentality allows people to, to come with. And that's why I say that this is the worst type of peer pressure because I'm pretty sure if you ask folks, could it be, would they want it differently? And they were being truthful. They would say, yes, I want it differently. No, who really wants to be involved in, in these type of gang wars, right? Who really wants to be involved in these type of killings? So I feel like this guy, FBG Duck, I feel like he was, and I'm going to get to the gospel stuff in a minute. <laughs> but I feel like he was, somebody made the comment. They say he was, he was one foot in, no, one foot out of basically thugging and one leg in in the streets like one foot out the streets but one leg in the streets so when they when he saw that the people he was beefing with was still dissing him okay instead of him sticking to his his convictions and being like this is stupid i want to do something different there was a peer pressure that made him feel like he needed to diss, diss them back so I guess he was like, all right, they're not trying to squash the beef, so I'm not going to squash the beef, beef either. So then he makes a song called Dead Bees, okay, B-I-T-C-H-E-S, Dead Bees. And in this song, he literally is like, he made a whole song disrespecting all of the dead homies of the rival gangs that, that they beef with. So he makes this song. He gets killed three weeks later and everybody, and it's not the first time he made a song like this, but nonetheless. And so now everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people in the comments are like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe how could this happen? <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but I read the comments and I'm like, how, how are you surprised that this happened? Like wh what exactly is so shocking about this? Okay, no disrespect to the young man, but I'm just being real. 
how how is it just so unfathomable that this guy who rapped about killing folks all the time, beefing with folks, disrespecting folks that are dead, uh, talking about all this gunplay that he's going to do. In one interview, he talked about how he thinks all the time about dying and all this stuff. What exactly is shocking about this? And so as I begin to ponder this question, you know, I've realized that there is a, what I'm calling tonight, a hood hypnosis that's going on. And really what it is, is a form of bondage because you got all these people. When somebody gets shot, why we do this to each other, we need to stop the violence. We need to stop the gunplay and all this. Y'all blah, 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 blah. Folks just start putting on all these little dramatic acts when this type of stuff happens. Like whatever, man, (laughs) when is this going to stop? Well, I'm going to tell you when it's going to stop. It's going to stop when we stop listening to this music. And we it's going to stop when we get fathers back in the home. But until those two things happen, there's not going to be a change. So there's no point in sitting here trying to act like, oh, you know what I'm saying? What, why is all this happening? Well, you know what? If you make a song about killing folks and you disrespecting people and their baby mamas and taking this girl to the neighborhood and doing this to him and, you know, shooting these guys. Well, you know what? Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So there is huge cognitive dissonance that's going on when these communities listen to this music, but then become surprised when the music plays out. Okay. And they will defend this music to the death. Why will they defend it? They will defend it because they're hypnotized by it. There's a spiritual bondage that comes with, for lack of a better term, gangster rap music. I know that sounds like an old early 90s term, (laughs) but there is a bondage that comes with that. There's a hypnosis that comes with that. There's a spirit that comes with that. Think about this. If. Saul was troubled by an evil spirit and David was able to play his instruments and play the spirit off of Saul. Then that means that the same thing can happen reverse that you can listen to a song and then a spirit can come on you. If you can play a song and the spirit come off you, you can play a song and the spirit come on you. Okay. And what's happening is the spirit of murder which is the spirit of hatred because the Bible says anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. So the spirit of hatred that's in these communities is the reason why all of this quote unquote senseless killing is going. It's not senseless. It's very logical. If you look at it is, is gang issues is, 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 is music influences, social economical influence. It's a lot of things. I'm not saying that it's only the music, but what I'm saying is that until Folks change their meditation until folks, and I'm going to use this term one time tonight and and I ain't, I ain't taking a new age, but until folks quote unquote vibrate on a higher level, (laughs) meaning that you don't focus on ignorance and silly things, but you begin to focus on higher meditation. You begin to focus on insightful things. You begin to focus on productive things. You begin to focus on good things. Whatsoever things are good, pure, kind, upright, of good report, virtuous. When you begin to change your meditation, that's when the real change is going to come. 
Okay. But the issue that's going on here is that there's a lack of uh, authority in these communities. And where does authority come from? Authority comes from God, which goes through Christ, which then goes through the, the dad. Okay. It goes through the dad and then the, the dad, the father of that family has authority over that family. And so the responsibility of the father in a family is to be the anchor and to regulate and neutralize the energy that's in the household. So a, a man's masculinity is supposed to offset the femininity of the woman so that they can work in harmony. Okay. And when a man has a, a, a daughter, he has to regulate that femininity. Okay. He has to be her protector, her guider. He has to, 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 um, show her the way a man thinks and, and, and logical thinking and all of these different things. And then when that same man or a same man has a ma a masculine or excuse me, has a son, right? He has to regulate that masculine energy. He has to teach that son through example, how to regulate his testosterone. Okay. I have all this energy. I got all this, all this stuff I want to do, all this rage, all this anger, all this, all this stuff. I'm just hyperactive. Okay. I got all this aggression. How, what do I do with it? How do I channel it? If a man is not being an example to his son, that son is going to grow up basically being around all feminine energy and estrogen. And he's going to have this masculine energy biologically, but he's not going to know how to regulate his aggression. He's not going to know how to respond in situations. He's not going to know how to use logical thinking because he hasn't had his logical thinking exercised by his father. Okay. That's not to say that women are illogical. Okay. But it is to say that men are logical creatures that they, they respond first with logic and then with emotion. That's how it should be. So that be, in most cases, so that being said, what's happening is the, the, the lack of fathers in these communities is producing communities that are out of order and they don't have the provision of the Lord. Okay. See, because where does authority really come from? Like really, really, really come from authority comes from God. That's who it comes from. It comes from God. So if you think about when you have, um, like some Christmas lights, okay, let's say you have some, some holiday lights, just an example, and you put them up on a tree or you put them in front of your house. Anyone who has ever uh, put up Christmas lights, you might have had the lights where they might make them different now. But I remember in my family, it was like we had the lights and if one of them was just out of whack, the whole light or that whole section of lights would not work. Like if you had one bulb that had fell out or one bulb that was just a short circuit or something like that. It was short circuit the whole wire. So what happens with the family is that God wants to administer the power because he gave man dominion over the earth. And, you know, he wants man to to uh, follow him and to serve him. But when the father is absent out of that household, it's like taking a plug out of that out of that chain of command. 
And when you take that plug out of the chain of command, it stops working. It stops working. So what God honors is the nuclear family, which is one man, one wife that are married and in the same household. Until we bring back the nuclear family in the so-called black community, there will be no change. But if we can do these things, then that's when you will begin to see change. Now, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I'm not waiting on nobody else to, to be the change I want to see. Okay. I, I believe personally that as long as I am in alignment, because this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about alignment. As long as I am in alignment with God, I have all the benefits that come with God. I have his protection. I have his provision. Okay. I have his oversight. But I'm not going to wait on anybody else to do that. So what that means is every man as an individual has to make this choice for himself. Now, of course, if we all do it, do it collectively, you know, we'll see a collective change. Praise the Lord. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> um, I don't know what we'll be on these folks mind. So the most we can do is do what we can do. And talk to others and spread the message to try to get others to to do the same thing. It's, it's almost like a grassroots effort. That's why I don't get too caught up in these movements and stuff like that, because I know in the grand scheme of things, there's, there's a lot of uh, spiritual wickedness in high places that's really doing a lot to, to pull the leverage, to, to pull people on the side of negative. So as believers... We kind of have a grassroots approach. You know, you go to the to the grocery store or something like that and you preach the gospel or you see a, a, you mentor. You know what I mean? You you join a mentor organization if you can find a good one, stuff like that. Whatever you can do to just kind of like chisel away, just chisel away because it's a tug of war for the souls of these people. Uh, there's a heaven and there's a hell and the devil wants to send these folks to hell. But what we have to understand is that when there are no fathers in the home, I'm not talking about weekend, you know what I mean? And if you if you're doing weekend and that's the best you can do, praise the Lord. But we need to get back to fathers in the home where they can see these men working. They can see that it produces fruit and they can see love between a man and a woman. Because these men and women don't know how to relate to each other because they've never seen it. And that same interview to do duck, he was talking about how I think Vlad asked him if his uh if his ex stabbed him. And he was like, Yeah, that bee stabbed me. And he was like, Why why she why why did she stab you? He said, Because I smacked her in the face. <laughs> so you got these two people that's 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 trying to be together, but they have no idea of how to relate to each other. No idea. So if you're in this situation, right? How do I, and, and you say, well, well it's, uh, I already grew up without my father. So what you want me to do now? You have to go to Christ. Okay. When we go to Christ, we get reconnected to God. When you, you have to get saved, you have to repent of your sins, believe that Jesus came and died and rose again. Okay. To pay the price for your sins. And then you have to commit to follow him. And when you do that. When you do that. That's when you'll get the power. 
because the Bible says that you gain the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father, which is like an endearment term. It's almost like daddy. Okay. You gain that spirit of adoption where God can uh, make you into what he ordained for a man to be, how he designed man in the first place. He can mold you into that same thing with women. He can mold you into what, what he originally intended for your life. But the, 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 the hood mentality and the hood lifestyle, that's not the life that you're supposed to live. And I understand as best as I can understand that it's not easy to just be like, I'm done with this. You know, some people have, have made covenants. Some people have been in, in you know, initiated into these gangs. Um, some people feel like they're too deep. Some people feel like they're going, they're going to get uh, ridiculed. So that's why I say it's like the worst peer pressure, but I stand as a witness today, not a personal witness, <laughs> but I stand as a witness of what I've seen the Lord do in other people's lives that is possible. My brother, Jordan Harrison, I had him on solid talk uh, maybe a year or two ago. He was talking about how he used to be a blood. He used to be involved in that gang life. He got the tattoos on his face. I mean, he's selling drugs, shooting guns and everything. But at some point you have to decide, am I going to answer to man or am I going to answer to God? And he made the choice that he's going to serve the Lord. And when he served the Lord, guess what? God protected him. God made a way for him. God provided for him. God gives him jobs. He just gave, gave him a wife, actually. So there's so much more that the Lord wants to give you. But you have to be man enough to not be worried about how you look in front of people. You know, the irony of what the guy uh, FBG Duck said about how the other dudes are bees because they left the city. The irony is that if you listen to the rest of what he said, he basically was saying he doesn't want to leave his city because it's unfamiliar. Well, guess what? If you really are thorough, then anywhere you go, you're going to be able to hold your own. So really it's fear. It's fear also that keeps people in this mentality, right? It's fear because they're afraid of uh, the unknown. They're afraid of something that's foreign. You know, some of these folks, God bless them. They haven't even left their neighborhoods. Believe it or not, there are people who literally have not even left their neighborhoods. Right. So there has to be a change. There has to be a change. OK, there has to. And that change has to start with you and your personal walk with the Lord. The, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And the fact of the matter is that people are getting tired. People are getting tired. I was looking at a guy on um, Instagram. Well I, well, I saw someone on Instagram, I should say. A guy named Big G. Okay, his name is Antoine Glover. Uh, some of you might know him from The Wire. Okay, I think he played a character named Slim Charles on there or something like that. Well, anyway, G made a passionate plea. He made a passionate plea where he literally, by the, by the end of it, he was in tears. He made a plea about how he wants people to put the guns down. 
he wants people to put the guns down and he was just telling folks like you're not gangster that's not gangster put the guns down you know and the thing about it is i know that he was sincere i know that he was sincere but i couldn't help but think about the irony of him telling folks not to be gangster when this guy who who's in one of the most popular go-go bands in the city he's in um a band called Backyard Band. One of their most popular songs is Keep It Gangster. <laughs> you know, it's like, I could sing it. I'm not going to sing it unless y'all want me to sing it. But the song say, you should keep it gangster. When the beef comes, you're the first to run. You should keep it gangster. That's not your gun. It belongs to. Okay? So, the point I'm trying to make is like, there's a form of bondage. And I know this bondage because I've experienced it. I used to listen to, trust me, the worst type of rap that you could even imagine. And at the same time, I didn't like the, I didn't like people killing each other. I didn't like gun violence. And I had to reconcile within myself. How can I say that I don't like people killing each other or I want, quote unquote, us to do better? But at the same time, I'm listening to this music that glorifies it all the time. All the time. So what I've learned after, you know, after I got saved is that it's a form of bondage. You know, it is hypnosis through the beats. It's hypnosis through the spirits that are on the beats. You know, I think Lil Wayne said something like, uh, this was years ago. He was just like, I don't even, he was like, they just put the beat on and I just freestyle. Like I just get high, smoke weed and just freestyle. And, and that's how he was saying, I don't even write. He claimed that he didn't even write songs. I just freestyle. That's demonic. Okay. That, that is not a gift necessarily. I mean, he's gifted, but that's not a, that's more than a gift. That's something spiritual that's going on where you're getting, influence from these demons and these gods and they're propelling you to the to the stratosphere they're propelling you to the next level because they know that if i can glorify this young dude from holly grove then i can get this demonic message out to all these people so what do you see you know wayne had the dreads the tattoos on his face now half the rappers look like him you know and god bless wayne i hope he gets saved but the fact of the matter is there's no denying that that same spirit that's on him is the same spirit that permeates to these other folks. Okay, it permeates to all these other folks. And then other rappers permeate their spirit to other rappers. So that's why I believe God is bringing up, you know, other rappers like me and others. I mean, I don't listen to them, but I'm assuming there's others out there. And to offset, because it's like folks are so indoctrinated in this that that's almost the only way that they'll listen. You know, I got a song called Five More Minutes. One of the lines say, why I got to get in the booth just to come and tell you the truth. And that's a real line because I'm just thinking about it like, like man, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm just a square dude from D.C. and the Lord got me rapping like, like he really is trying to save y'all. Like he really is uh, pulling out all the stops to bring this genre of music to the point where it can save people. I should, I should be in a, in a church somewhere. You know what I mean? But we well, got me making music now. I wasn't even expecting this, 
So I'm like, why I got to get in the booth just to come and tell you the truth? I should be able to talk to you, you know, and have a conversation with you. And sometimes you can, but a lot of times you can't. It's even teachers that are dealing with these kids and, and uh, they got to make rap songs just for the kids to even learn the material. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Because that's the only way they process stuff. So what I'm going to do now is uh, I'm going to open up the line. You know, there's something called derision. Before I open up the lines, there's something called derision. And the Lord mentions it, I think, in um, one of the Psalms. There's this word. And I think the Lord said, I will have them in derision. Let's see what derision means. I hope that it's in here. It might not be in this particular book, QRS. But I believe that derision is it in here. I don't see it. I think it was. Let me look it up real quick. Let me just do it on here real quick. <clears throat> but I believe derision means confusion. I believe that it means confusion. Derision means contemptuous ridicule or mockery. Okay, so basically something that you laugh at. But the point I was trying to get to with that was that there's a curse that comes with this mentality and not having these fathers. And when that happens, it becomes laughable, almost in like a cynical way. But but there's confusion. And a lot of folks are so confused about why these things are happening, but it's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. If, if an alien was doing a study on humans and they were looking at Chicago or really any of these other cities, DC is, is off the chain. Baltimore is off, off the chain. You know what I mean? New York is wilding out, you know, LA, New Orleans is always up there. Any of these major cities, right. And, and they do a, uh, and you had an alien and they're like, okay, why are they doing this? And then they listen to the songs and they're like, Oh, like, oh, <laughs> that's why it makes perfect sense. Right. You know, I don't know, man. I, I could say a lot more. What I'm going to do now, I'm going to open up the line for anyone who wants to call in and weigh in on this particular topic. And um, in the meantime, I'm going to go to the chat because I know I'm way behind on these things. But I just want to reemphasize the importance of fathers and also just the hypocrisy the hypocrisy sister Brittany says what are your thoughts on people who love the horror genre oddities and weird things do you think it's demonic yes I do think it's demonic you know the carnal man he loves to be stimulated and fear stimulates you know, it makes you excited. If somebody scares you, you know, your heart, your heart races is, is exhilarating. It's like a rush. So a part of it is just the nature of carnal man that likes a thrill. But also in the same breath, there's something that is. Um, excuse me, something that's appealing about demonic things like a horror, horror type stuff. There's something that's intriguing about it. I just think it's a work of the flesh. It's funny because I've been around kids like two and three years old 
and they want to watch something on uh on the YouTube, and it's like they watching the, the little cartoon or whatever, and then they choose they know they know how to work the tablets now at two and three years old. They know how to work Netflix and all that, you know, and they go specifically to the horror film. And, you know, I was, I told one little girl at the time, this was years ago. I was like, I was like, we're not going to watch that one. We'll watch this one. And she was so intent on watching the, the horror one. And I experienced that with another toddler. So I'm just thinking like, it's just so interesting that we gravitate. And I think it's the same thing with the music a lot of times. Same thing with movies. You know, you could watch something wholesome. You can listen to a song that's wholesome and sure, sometimes they're good. But then there's other times when you want to listen to that, that gangster gangster, you know what I mean? You, you just want to have your own little personal, personal lit party or whatever. And we gravitate towards those things. And so what that means is that we have to be intentional about walking by the spirit. So let me get to the chat. Cause I feel like y'all are saying a lot of stuff. Line is open. If anyone wants to call in, let me see what's this number on here. <laughs> 202-738-1686 if anyone wants to weigh in on this particular topic so god bless everyone that's joined i'm gonna just go through real quick um traces of ashes brother randall santia marcia uh i'm going through looking for comments let me see miss nw says jesus it's real some people don't even go beyond 10 blocks either side yeah she got to it before i even did when keeping it real goes wrong, that's exactly what it what it was, brother Joseph. It was when keeping it real goes wrong, and that's why I say it's peer pressure to quote unquote keep it real. You know, a lot of these rappers leave their neighborhood, and people be like, "Such and such barred from this neighborhood; he can't come back." Well, guess what? He don't <laughs> he don't need to come back. Why would he come back to that cesspool? Like. <laughs> Who in their right mind will come back? Especially if you have beef with somebody. Especially if when you do come back, you know, some of the people are going to show you love, but the majority of the people are going to be hating on you and plotting on you. It, it's illogical, right? But folks don't like to use logic these days. Thank you, B. B at his feet. Pride goes before destruction. Thank you. Y'all be on it, man. I'm telling you. Brother Joseph says the pain of trauma bonding holds some and draws in others that's a good point that you make brother i'm uh not super familiar with that term but i'm thinking it might be when well, no, i guess not not really like stockholm syndrome but but just the fact of um experiencing something with somebody and being bound to it so i'm gonna look into trauma bonding a little bit more and just kind of see um what that is but from what you're saying you usually be pretty on point that wouldn't surprise me at all that wouldn't surprise me at all yeah sister Charmel, that's what dog whistling is it's kind of like when you say something but you really are speaking in code you know and that that's that's unfortunately how a lot of hood black people feel like they have to communicate positive messages you either gotta be like real low-key with it or you got to, these are your three outs. You can be low key with it. You can talk about the kids. Okay. That's your second out to be positive. <laughs> let me, let me do it. I feel like, oh, this thing look. Anyway, you can, you can do that. You can talk about the kids or your third option is that you can just cuss people out. 
because <laughs> I've seen all of these play out. It's like, and this is kind of what G did, Big G, but I think he was actually pretty sincere about it. But that's the only way that folks will really pay you any attention. Like, they'll see my video. Somebody might listen to my video, but they might just be like, you know, he just, he don't know nothing about this or something like that. But at the same time, you know, if you, if I got on here and I was just cussing people out, like, y'all need to put down them effing guns, man. Y'all keep killing all, y'all acting like some bees, man. That ain't gang. Like, if I did all that, <laughs> you know, and I kind of already had that type of vibe, then they would listen to that. And I think it's pretty sad that we can't, well, I ain't going to say we can't because I'm doing it right now. And it really depends on who we are. But I think it's really sad that some people feel like they can't just talk, just be real. Like if you really being real, you know what I mean? Like you can just be yourself. Now, the other challenge is like when you already kind of knee deep. And this is what I mentioned earlier. You might be beefing with somebody and you might want to change, but you don't know if they want to change as well you know what i mean or you know it could be something like somebody mugging you and then the pride kind of just rises up in you i've heard people explain this to me like they just they just see somebody mugging them or hating on them or whatever and it's just like they just feel like they they they, they need to respond and i know how that is as a man it's like if somebody wrongs you you want to to solve that problem like men solve problems. This person is a problem. I want to solve you. <laughs> I can get this out the way real quick. Like I, I totally get that mentality, right? But at the same time, that's where humility has to come in. That's where pride has to be decreased because it's a lot of pride and a lot of hubris that's getting people killed. A lot of jealousy is getting people killed. You know, it's it's a lot of insecurity and rejection. You know, it's the insecurity that makes these guys feel like they got to have all this jewelry and all these cars because they've always felt like they were less than. And then once they get their hands on some money, then they have to elevate themselves above everybody else so they can be somebody. So I need this car, this jewelry. I need these women. I need this money. The problem with elevating yourself above everybody else is that now everybody else feels like they're lower than you. So you acting like a person that ain't never had nothing. Okay. And they still ain't got nothing. And when they see you, they're now looking at you as a target. So all that flashiness and all that, you know, I know that there's glory, vainglory that comes with it. But the question is, is it worth your life? You know, it's clout. They want the clout. And that's why I say it's the worst type of peer pressure, because even in Beverly Hills, they want the clout, but ain't nobody shooting for it. But in the hood, if you want the clout, it's going to come at the expense of your life. So it's it's a different type of peer pressure. I mean, there are other things that there's peer pressure. You know, some religions are peer pressure. I know certain sects of Muslims, they if you decide that you want to follow Christ, they will basically try to kill you as well, depending on how radical they are. So that could arguably be just as worse as the hood, you know, but it's definitely up there, that type of mentality that willfully 
keeps you ignorant. Like you have to be intentionally ignorant. And then they only value such a narrow scope of success. I watched another interview with another rapper from Chicago. I can't even remember this dude's name. This is why I was doing all my research. (laughs) But he basically was talking about nine to five. And he said, people, and this is what the rap, this is what the young man said. This ain't like some guy from the outside looking at. He said, dudes in the hood don't value a nine to five because they look at a nine to five and it just, just seems lame. He's saying, what do women like? They like the shoes, the jewelry, the money, and the cars. And according to this guy, you can't get that with the nine to five. Now, this shows you how narrow his perspective is because you can get that with the nine to five if you want it. It's just that a lot of nine to five people um, have enough wisdom to not get caught up in that type of stuff. You know, but technically, if I wanted a bunch of jewelry, I could have it on right now. If I wanted a a luxury car, I could have it right now. You know what I mean? It's a whole bunch of stuff that I can obtain with the nine to five. But because these dudes, uh, you know, they talk about how they get stereotyped. They stereotype other people as well, really having no idea. They're doctors and lawyers that are making more than these rappers. That's, I mean, they on call, but that's basically a nine to five. (laughs) You know, it's nothing wrong with having a real job. But what type of mentality are you in where having a real job is a suck, is, is like being a sucker? Like, what is that? What type of peer pressure is that where you're peer pressured to remain as, as ignorant and as unproductive and as degenerate as possible? Like, that's the worst type of peer pressure. So they see this stuff and they think it's whack, you know, and I'm not, I know some nine to five people, they do be struggling, you know, I get it, but you can struggle with your integrity and support your family and live to see another day, or you can get caught up in that hood lifestyle and be off in Chicago somewhere and just get shot and killed. But this is why folks need the gospel. They need a way out. I mentioned how I've heard testimonies. There's a guy that's from DC. If I find this testimony, I'll, I'll um, come back and put it in the description or the, or the uh, comments. But he was involved in the gang in DC in the nineties. And in the nineties, DC was like on a whole nother level. Like it, it's, it's off the chain now, but it was just a different animal in the nineties. Right. And, uh, basically the guy was kind of, uh, I think the Lord was dealing with him. And as the Lord was dealing with him, he was like thinking about changing his life around or something. And he like prayed for a sign. And all of a sudden he turned on the radio in his car. He was driving to deliver some drugs or I don't know whether he was like being chased, but I don't know what it was. But anyway, he was driving and he turned on the radio and whatever it was, it was like gospel on the radio, not gospel music, but somebody was talking about the gospel. And he knew that whoever that was, was talking directly to him. And at that moment, that sign that he prayed for, he got it. And he threw all of his dope out the window and all that. Like he just threw everything out the window and was just like, I'm done. You know, and that's the moment when he decided that he was going to serve Christ. 
So fast forward, this dude is trying to change his life around. He's now went to the barber shop. Now in the barber shop, this dude said he used to get his hair cut, but he would always get his hair cut facing the door because he had enemies and he needed to be able to see if the enemies were coming in to the to where he was getting his hair cut because he needed to be able to retaliate. So he always had his gun on him. But this particular time, he was getting his hair cut after he turned his life around and he saw one of his enemies and his instinct was almost like to reach for his gun, but he didn't have his gun anymore because he decided that he was going to serve Christ. So the guy that he was beefing with, he walks in and he's like, man, I heard that you following Christ now or you, you, rock, you rocking with Jesus now. He's like, I bet. He's like, he dapped him up and it was just all good. And what that was, was the protection of the Lord. It was the protection of God over his life to let him know that, listen, I know your past. I know what you've been through. But if you serve me, I am good on my promises. People have, quote unquote, free will. I call it free choice. People have free choice. But there's something about us being a creation of God where God can tap into us at any given time. There was a time where I think it was Abraham. He was with Sarah. And they were traveling and he didn't tell the guys that she was his wife because he didn't want to get killed. So the, the king thought that Sarah was cute and he was, you know, thinking about going at her. And the Lord came to him in a dream. And he said, the woman that you like, she's married. That's a man's wife. And then the king was like, Lord, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't. I think he was a king. He's like, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't touch her though. And not like that. And God said, I know that you didn't touch her because I basically withstood you from acting on those desires. So God is sovereign enough, even in our so-called free choice where he can actually prevent somebody from doing something. You know, God can do anything. I heard a testimony of a lady on the radio one time. She said, uh, I'm making a long story short, but basically she had been on drugs like she was on crack, but then she got off the crack and she just decided she was going to serve the Lord. And she said one day this truck just came and something in her knew that this truck was trying to abduct her, like to kidnap her. I don't know what it is, but this, this is what the lady said. And she was just praying to God, like in her mind, and they pulled right beside her. And they just didn't do anything and they pulled off. And that lady believes that God made her invisible. And I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. He, she believes that God literally made it so that they could not see her sitting there. Or they, or like she had disappeared or something. So listen, who knows if that's true or not. But the point I'm trying to make is that anybody who's caught up in these type of lifestyles, God can get you out and he can protect you. But you have to have faith. It takes a lot of faith. I'm not saying it's easy. It takes a lot of faith to, to, to be in certain type of lifestyles and to just try to get out of them and just believe God is going to protect you. But if he says he will, then he will. He's not a man that he should lie. So, you know, that that's that's just wild. That's just wild. So let's see what we have here. 
Miss NW says the devil. I understand why he didn't squash the beef. It's those stronghold, resentment, trauma, rejection, and shame, and so much more. But Jesus, amen. Listen, if somebody kill your best friend, or somebody literally kills you, I think the guy that died, Duck, he actually had a brother that was killed. So their mom had to bury two, two sons. So, yeah, there is a lot of hurt. You know, it takes a lot to love that type of enemy. Now, the type of enemies I have, they do little light stuff. <laughs> you know, but these people have enemies that have literally killed their loved ones. And that's what they do now. They go on the Internet and they make fun of the dead. I'm smoking on such and such. I'm smoking on Tuca. I'm smoking on Duck. I'm smoking on that JoJo. You know, they, 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 they doing these type of things. And then they rap about it. Sister Marsha says, do you know how much self-control it takes not to want to vindicate yourself and have the last word? I'm still working on it and I'm an old head. Amen, sister. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. You know, Brother Bolden just put out a sermon. I'm about halfway through it. It's called Harmless. And he talks about how we as believers have to be harmless as a dove. And he's kind of speaking to what you just talked about, how it takes a whole lot to kill that flesh <laughs> you want to kill that per you want to kill that flesh of the person who did that to you but it takes a whole lot to kill your flesh but the scripture says that you're wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove meaning you know how to retaliate you know how to do it you know what they're thinking you know you're not a dummy you know you're not a fool but you have to be humble enough to respond in such a way that even if they think you are a fool you know, you still glorify God on that behalf. So that's something to really consider. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Toya says, um, shocking people, something else at funerals saying people good. That's the other thing. So many people rest in peace, rest in paradise, you know, see you soon, such and such. Now, at the end of the day, God knows the heart. But this young man had, had done nothing to indicate that he had any type of relationship with the Lord. There was no fruit bared. Let's put it that way. So I'm not going to put him in heaven or in hell. But at the same time, I'm definitely not going to put him in heaven. See, folks just get on you when you put somebody in hell. Like, how you know they went to hell? Like, I, I really don't know. But how do you know that they went to heaven? Specifically, how do you know that this person who lived this lifestyle that glorified everything against God, what exactly makes you think that they are going to heaven? Like, like what type of, what type of, you know what it really is? What it really is, is this victim mentality. It's, it's a perpetual victim mentality that says that lifestyle was just given to this person like such and such was born into this he was doomed from the beginning he didn't choose this life this life chose him and because of that it's kind of like this victim mentality that says anything i do is justified because i was dealt this hand this is the hand that i was dealt but guess what you have to play the hand that you've been dealt and what that looks like is making decisions and making choices 
and all of us have a choice to serve Christ. That is your solution. That is your way out to serve Christ. That's the solution to this problem. So regardless of how, how, what happened to you, where you were born, you know, they initiated you in the gang when you were six months old, regardless, you still have to make a conscious decision to turn your life around. That's on you. It doesn't matter where you came from because God can make you new. He can make you know he's done it for folks. Sister Tatiana says, this is a deep topic. Yeah, it can be. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, It is witchcraft in the music. Thank you, thank you for pointing that out. Beautiful soul jewel. It's witchcraft in the music. Tatiana says, people getting upset over rappers' death who they don't know. Yes, I admit I was upset when Biggie died. Uh, yeah, she says, I uh, I have to repent from rap songs I sung, speaking poverty and death, shaking my head. That's another thing is witchcraft and is speaking curses over these neighborhoods. It's speaking curses. You know what I mean? It's 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 like I said earlier, death and life is in the power of the tongue. So they're putting this stuff in the atmosphere. We can, we can stay on that all night. I'm just keep going. Yeah, just, just a lot of good conversation and points that are being made. Brother Joseph says, check out Lords of Discord from EX Ministries on the influence of music and beats. Yeah, Brother Joseph, I haven't um looked at uh, G. Craig Lewis's documentaries about music and all that but i'm familiar that he's done a lot of work in that area so i'm up so yeah maybe if i get some free time i might have to check that out yeah a lot of this stuff is demonic you know they shot this dude in broad daylight there's actually video of of like him after the shooting it's pretty sad to watch just the other thing his ops was making fun of him on Instagram live, you know, and it's like, I get that that's who they was beefing with. So, and that when you ignorant like that, you just not going to have no mentality. I mean, you just not going to have no decency about you, but they was making fun of how he died and all that. But a lot of folks was talking about you next, you know what I mean? You making fun of that you're next. And they didn't say this, but, God is not going to be mocked, you know. So that guy's not innocent. He did a lot of he 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 dug a lot of of hole for him to get out of. But at the same time, I feel like there was something redeeming about him. You know, the guy, I think he might have just turned 27 years old. A lot of these younger guys is in their early 20s and stuff like that. When you get to be around, and the guy, the rapper Duck I'm talking about, he had four kids, by the way. When you're 27 years old and you have four kids, regardless of like how you was raised, there's something that just begins to click in you. You know, you've seen a little bit more of life. 
you know, your testosterone level starting to subside a little bit. You starting to see your kids grow up and maybe, maybe you're thinking about the future. So that's something to inspire him to say, you know what I mean? Like if y'all shooting, don't shoot when his kids around, because what he's really thinking is I never want to be in a situation and I know people want to kill me and my kids are around. You know, so it's a sad cycle, but it ain't going to stop till fathers get in the home and, and have marriage covenants with their wives that God can honor. That's the point I was trying to say earlier. Authority comes directly from God. So God administers authority. That's why a lot of these mothers can yell at these kids till they blue in the face and correct these kids. There's no authority. It, it, it has to be it has to be administered directly from God. A lot of these mayors, you know what I mean? I think maybe President Trump made this point, but a lot of these mayors that are in these cities are women. You know what I mean? That's not to say that women can't be good mayors, but it's a reflection of the overall issue in a quote unquote black community period is that there's just uh, so many of the leaders are just women. Okay. Now I don't get on the women for trying to do something constructive because, you know, it's noble. But I'm getting on the men because the men should be the ones that are leading these communities. The men. I don't care who doesn't like it. The men are supposed to lead. Once that happens, that's when that authority will get imputed. You know, they these mothers beat these kids, yell at them, cuss them out, put them on detention, take the PlayStation. No change. Why? It has to come from the father. It's just that's just how it is. It's just designed that way. You know, I can uh, take, I can something, this thing requires some batteries. Okay, I might want to put a, 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 a AAA battery in this little remote. But the fact of the matter is, if it requires AA batteries, that's the only thing that's going to work. It was just made that way. Men were made to lead. They were made to channel that masculine aggression. They were made to teach boys how to respond to an enemy. How to respond when, when you are being challenged, when your manhood is being challenged. So that's when it'll change. <laughs> Sister Tatiana says something that, that I'm not going to repeat. <laughs> but it has to do with that logical comment that I said earlier. So if she remember what she said, she'll laugh about it. Yeah, they, they, people underestimate fatherhood. So yeah, a lot of good stuff going on. Sister Santia says, "I feel your passion on this, brother Greg." You know, it's just it's 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 you just never want to see somebody. And as much as I be trying to trying not to care, sometimes like there's a part of me that that cares because it's like, and, and when I say I'm trying not to care, what I mean by that is I try not to project other people's problems onto me. So I don't mean that I don't care about these people as people, but what I mean is that I'm not going to be stressed out over what somebody else is doing over there. I'm, I don't have that collectivism mindset. But there is a part of me just because that's how you raised and just because that's where you live and that's where you grew up and stuff like that. 
Um, you just want to see better for people. You just want to see better for people. And there's a part of you that just gets frustrated with ignorance. And I believe that God is trying to save these, these folks, at least some of them. You know, that's why he had me make the song Young Hitter. Because that's a song, you know what I'm saying, that's designed exactly for this type of situation. And one of the things I say in the song is, Lord, please lift these curses. Hellfire ain't worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth going to hell. And that's a part of the problem. This is what I was saying earlier. That's a part of the problem is people are not acknowledging that a lot of these people are going to hell. They think it's some game like, oh, rest in peace. I'll see you, you know, I'll see you soon. Such and such and such and such waiting for you. Where if they would have had the same lifestyle, they waiting for you in hell. You know, it, you know, uh, Master P used to be one of my favorite rappers. One of the things he said was, I'd rather die a soldier than live a coward. Now, I understand the nobility of that. You know, there, there is some valor in that. But I'm going to ask two questions. I'm going to ask a soldier for what? Okay. If you a soldier in the army. Okay. If you're a soldier, if you're a policeman, if you're a fireman. If you are a guy that's taking a bullet for his family. If you are um, just some guy that is doing something that's constructive. And you die because you stand on your principles or you did something that was brave or had valor. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm rocking with that concept. But if you're just a soldier in the streets fighting over turf that you don't even own and just causing a bunch of destruction and chaos, where is the logic in that? So it's almost like the devil takes the, 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 the principles of manhood and then perverts them. Okay, men love to be brave. But instead of this guy being brave and being a fireman or being brave and fighting for his country or or being brave and, and uh, being a mentor or something like that, he's being brave for a gang. It's like if Satan does this with men and women. He takes the attributes of how they were the, how they were made. And he says, I know they got these attributes, but I need to use these attributes for the kingdom of darkness. Oh, he's aggressive. He's he's masculine. He, he's a he's an alpha male I can't have him serve the Lord I gotta have him in the streets and so he tries to intercept all of those gifts and qualities you know that some of these guys are so talented you know there's no telling what type of talent they have buried in them there's no telling what type of intelligence these guys have have, in, have been built into them but they'll never realize their full potential unless they get out of that mentality. That's why I say it's bondage. It's hood hypnosis. That music hypnotizes people to the point where it's like, it's almost like they're in a daze. You listen to a song and five minutes later, how, you get, how could this happen to Duck? No disrespect to him, but just, it's just the guy that brought all this to mind. How could this happen to such and such? Well, listen, he just told you that he going, <laughs> he just told you the whole story of how it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Something, something, some of them will tell you in the record, I'm going to die. I think one of the young, young men, Juice World, said, I'm going to die at 21. He died at the age of 21. 
Well, how? Oh, rest in peace, Juice World. I can't believe it. Why can't you believe it? He told you on the record he's going to die at 21. He spoke that over his life. So I think it's just really, yeah, it's passion, but I think it's also frustration because you just get so, so tired of looking at stupidity and hypocrisy. Those are two things that just upset me, like stupidity and hypocrisy. Your sister Marsha says the power of God is real, but you have to want God and you have to want change. Amen. Amen. Sister Brittany, behold, the Lord makes all things new. Before Christ, I was a hot mess. Amen. I was a hot mess too. Yeah. But everybody is redeemable. Brother Joseph said, wanksters encouraging gangsters not to be gangsters. <laughs> well, this is what I say, Joseph. Um, the guy, Big G, I wouldn't call him a wankster at all. He's um He's the type of guy, he's probably in his 40s or 50s right now. I don't know how old he is, but but he's basically reached OG status. So he's the kind of guy that was kind of raised in that, but he's lived long enough and made it to the point where it's like he's not on as much dumb stuff as he might have been involved. He's 49 years old. And I love that he said what he said, even though there was no gospel in it. Because I feel like he's somebody that they'll listen to. Now, it ain't going to change till the bondage goes away. And the bondage only goes away. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that, that delivers people. So there's going to have to be the gospel that's going to solve this problem. It's not just going to be an impassioned speech. Oh, we should put the guns down. There's going to have to be a supernatural solution to this problem. Because the problem is demonic. If you listen to the music, it sounds demonic. The song that guy made, Dead Bees, it sounds demonic. And the song he said, uh, we've been we've been dead since 12, we demons or something like that. They even have a, an expression now. I think Beyonce might have popularized it, but it's called Demon Time. So, so... You know, folks listen to the songs and they be putting a little demon emotion, say demon time. The kids are literally and these young adults are literally calling it demon time. There's nothing that's being hidden anymore. It's just straight up demon music. D these rappers literally look like demons. This young guy's six, nine. He looks like a demon. He looks like a little fruity, silly demon, but he looks like a demon. Lil Wayne looks like a demon. He's adorned like a demon. He has crazy looking blonde dreads and a bunch of tattoos all over his face. He's weird. This guy, trippy red, looks like a demon. Why do they look like demons? Because demons are inhabiting them. So to cure a demonic problem, which is supernatural, you have to have a, a, a excuse me, a supernatural solution. You have to have a, a Holy Ghost solution to cause to uh, cure these problems.
Yeah, it's not like the love of God. Amen. Sister Roxanne says, our lives are not for us or anyone to take. Life and death belongs to God. He will revenge us if we just trust him. You will reap what you sow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, God will give people grace. He will give people grace. Um, somebody said demon time. Yeah, that's what they that's what they call it. You can look it up. <laughs> you can look it up. It's 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 on there. Trust and believe. It's on there. Praise the Lord. God's delicate rose said, "Brother, you just inspired me to keep writing music." Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know how we doing on time. I'm gonna read a few more comments and then I'm gonna kind of kind of wind it down. I think I might have might have almost caught up. Yeah, so that's what I was saying about G. Yeah, I wouldn't call G a wankster, you know what I mean? But what I think G should do is that I think if he performs, because he performs go-go music, I don't know how many people are familiar with that, but most people in the city grew up on go-go. You know, it's not as prevalent as it used to be, in my opinion, but it's definitely the, the, the music of D.C. It's the culture of D.C. I used to love go-go. I used to go to the go-go's and all that. So I think he should perform uplifting songs. That's what I think. I think if he's serious about his message, I think he should perform uplifting songs. Now, this guy been performing probably a good 20 years at least. They got a real popular song, 96 Dope Jam. I think there's a 93 Dope Jam, 91 Dope Jam. So he's been performing at least since like the, the early 90s. So... He has enough songs and they're talented enough to play uplifting music. And I, I can't say what they have been performing lately because I haven't been listening. But I think he should, should do that. And I think he should declare that. Because if he declares that, it'll speak volumes. Now, of course, gospel music would be great, but <laughs> baby steps. I'm just saying, all I'm saying really is just practice what you preach practice what you preach if you really don't want people to be gangster and all that then don't sing about gangster in your music you know and i didn't know that big g i think he lost a son to gun violence so you know I, my condolences to him for that so i don't have a, I, I like g personally you know i pray he gets saved uh i feel like he's the type of voice that this city in particular would would uh listen to so if God could get his hands on him that would be a wonderful thing yeah Patricia the Lord is raising up his remnant absolutely sister Tatiana says question brother Greg what is your opinion some Christians who say Christian rap is wrong well obviously since the Lord has me rapping now I don't think it's wrong uh, I did a whole video on this called I Rap Now where I kind of spoke of, it was a solid talk called I Rap Now and I kind of spoke about my journey on how the Lord brought me from I wouldn't say not thinking Christian rap was of God but 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 kind of like keep my hands off of it and just staying in my lane and leaning towards most likely is not into him bringing me into okay i'm gonna use this for my glory 
So check that video out. But the short answer, obviously, I think God uses it. And I think that it really is about the artist. It really is about the inspiration. The root word in inspiration is spirit. So the stuff I write comes from the Holy Spirit. So my goal, I'm trying to, for lack of a better word, I'm trying to hypnotize people into getting saved. <laughs> you know, that's my goal. I want folks to be saved. Uh, I don't like how this shirt look. I should have did this, but we like two hours in now. So it's too late now. So, yeah, I think it's, it's good. But I also think that a lot of folks get into it because they want the glory of what comes with being a rapper. But they also want the pacification of saying I'm rapping for God. So it's like they want the best of both worlds. And I feel like for the Lord to effectively use a person, it has to be somebody that's been fully sold out to Christ. You know, real quick. Uh, I told you I used to live and breathe rap in the world. When I got saved, I just cut rap cold turkey. It wasn't even hard. It was like the grace of God. I just, and, it, and it, I don't even know if, if the Lord consciously told me to do it, but it was like I just recognized I was new because I had such a dramatic salvation experience and I just felt new. And then I looked at my music and I was like, it doesn't, this doesn't fit who I am. You know, this doesn't, this isn't, it was almost like I was hypnotized by the music and then the hypnosis broke off and I really heard what they're saying. So I cut it off and I didn't listen to rap for like seven years. I think once I cut the, uh, the secular rap off, I basically tried to listen to Christian rap and I thought it was whack if I'm being honest, at least the ones I listened to. So then... I was just like, this is whack. You know, I can't get with it. So I just didn't listen to rap, period, for years. You know, I might hear it on a Christian song every now and then. I'll be like, okay, this cool. A couple guys sound good. But in terms of, like, it being in my rotation, it wasn't. So it took me a long time to adjust or, or to realize that this is what God wanted me to do. And because it took me so long, I was like holding back the gift. I was trying to find a way to mold it into, okay, God telling me to rap. He can't, he, he, he can't want me to rap rap, you know? So I, I need a different, a different sound or I can't use that, that beat too, too hard. You know what I mean? That beat is just, you know, I need to find a way to, to work it. But now I realize that God pretty much gave me the green light. He was just like, you know, get busy. I anointed you for this. You know, I'm calling you to this. I got you. I'm giving you the songs. I'm giving you the concepts. I'm giving you the words. Just do it and stop throttling the gift. So, no, I don't think it's wrong. Sister Marcia says, sometimes the need to vindicate and defend yourself comes from a place of not being protected as a child. Wow. That's something to really consider, sister. I'm glad you um, shared that. Charmel says, and the funny thing is, the higher they go up, the more they are exposed. I can see some of the rappers speak or people like we're speaking of and automatically see their hurt and rejection. Yeah. God's Delicate Rose says, I had a friend I met 
who who dressed like this. But when I got to know him, he was a completely different person. It's like everyone around me I knew was pressured to mold themselves a certain way to the point they can't truly be themselves. I'm I, That's well said. And that's why I say it's the worst type of peer pressure because it's like the, the, the peer pressure is fitting in. If you need to fit into something financial, you know, a class type thing, fine. But if you're fitting into the most debased part of society, that's a horrible predicament to be in. So that's why it's like these guys love an out, man. It's like when they say basketball is a way out, they're talking about a way out of the hood, literally. But they're also talking about a way out of being bound by that mentality and still having your respect. You know, like if Kevin Durant, you know, Kevin Durant is, is you know, one of the greatest basketball players. He still has respect because his craft is respected. You know, nine to five, not so much, but playing basketball, that's respected. So regardless of how a person is, it's like they give respect. Kobe. Okay, Kobe, if if you remember when he first came out, Kobe was kind of like a lot of hood dudes weren't really messing with him like that. But at the end of the day, it's like they all have respect for him because he could ball. You know, and, and, and through that, even though he wasn't hood, eventually they got to learn that he wasn't a punk. You know, so somebody like Kobe, he was well-traveled. I think he grew up in Italy. You know, he was from Philly, too, kind of, but his dad played in the NBA. He had a little bit of money. He could speak three or four different languages. Like, that's foreign to the average hood dude. But they respected it because of his game, and then they saw that he wasn't a punk. So I, I love that image of how, like, you can have manhood outside of being hard all the time. You know what I mean? You can have manhood out, outside of thugging. Brother Joseph says, comes down to choices. Do you take 50K a year for 20 years or a million right now but risk death? That's a good point, brother. Now, how many of these rappers are touching a million? They might. And that goes to the point of if you touch a million, you need to get out of Chicago. <laughs> You need to go to the suburb somewhere, you know, where people are not looking to kill you. If somebody shot you two times already, somebody wants you dead. <laughs> the toy says almost fell asleep, but I'm up now. All right. That mean I done been on here too long. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm about to get ready to close it out. Family. But uh, yeah, I I just really don't want to miss these comments because I feel like this is the type of topic that some folks might want to weigh in on, and I feel like I don't want to miss something of value that somebody wants to say. God bless you, Sister Constance Clinton. All right, I, I'm kind of at the bottom now. Uh. Yeah, they celebrate the hypocrisy. Amen, they do. You're right about that, Sister Brittany. 
Marsha says, what about the fathers stay out of their mouth and don't want to be a father, but they won't stop making babies. They won't get a vasectomy. <laughs> these dudes do be making babies. And then it's just like, they just have all these random children with these random baby mothers. You know, I just feel like, I feel like these dudes need to marry their baby mothers and it would just solve a lot of issues. I know she crazy. You know, but listen, just take a loss. Like, let that be your contribution to the community. I know she crazy, but just marry her, build that family, and, and, you know, prayerfully, you know, maybe you get saved, at least preach the gospel to her, you know what I mean? Maybe she'll come around. But in all seriousness, yeah, they keep making babies. Like, this guy had four kids. Now he's not even here. So even if he attempted to be a father to these kids, he, he's not available to do that. God bless you, Akamakafika. I really hope I said your name right. Praise the Lord. God's delicate rose. This generation's rap music is just brainwashing. Unfortunately, really believe the youth of my generation can be demonically influenced by the music. It's sad. Absolutely. Ashkenazi says Christ made 2000 demons come out of one man when he made the demons get in the pigs and drown them. It's worse today or not how many demons one person can have. Wow. Now that's something to think about. Yeah. Um. So listen, God is just so good. I just want to close out by saying this. God bless you, Sister Laura. I just want to close out by saying this. What you feed yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually all has an influence over you. And in order for these communities to become uplifted, there has to be a change. Something has to change. And one of the main, one of the first things that needs to change is the music. We underestimate the influence that music has over our lives. We say, oh, it's just art. Oh, it's just, you know, what is it? Uh, art imitating life and all this stuff. Well, listen, at some point, the life begins to imitate the art. And until that decision is made, and listen, it might not be, you know, it'd be wonderful if everybody could make these decisions. But if a hundred people hear this message, there might only be two people that make a decision that they want to change. They want to serve Christ. They want to get saved. They want to live right according to the word of God. You just might be one of those two people. We got to get fathers back in the home is grossly understated. That's where the authority comes from. It's like that missing plug. It's like that missing thing, that short circuit. That's where the short circuit is. And so when the father's not there, these young men don't know how to respond to authority because their authority is foreign to them. So when they have interactions with other people that they feel disrespected or, or if, they, if they're on a job or in a classroom or even with the police, authority is foreign. You know, so many of these young black guys are young black boys, excuse me, are on medication. 
black boys are the most prescribed group. It's the most prescribed demographic in America. And I'm not talking about like elderly, but I'm talking about like amongst amongst racial groups. Young black boys are prescribed more medication than any other group. Is there something innately just about young black boys to where they can't sit still or they're just, is it something about them that just makes them more likely to have ADHD or ADD or whatever it is? No, it's not. It's the lack of fathers. That lack of authority is causing that boy to be hyperactive. It's causing him and, 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 the lack of example is causing him not to not know how to channel my masculinity and when to channel my masculinity. So that's the issue. It's the lack of father. It ain't nothing. These boys shouldn't be on medication like this, you know? And the sad thing is these mothers, if your kid is on medication, the mother gets more money from the government. So I know one, uh, I heard one example of his mother, basically said the kid had a hearing issue. The kid didn't have a hearing issue, but if she said he had a hearing issue, then I think she got like an extra five or $600 a month or something like that. So it benefits them to have the kids on medication. Now, once again, if the father's in the house and he's providing like he should, which comes from God as well, Promotion comes from the, the, the Lord, not the East or the West or the South. Then they won't have to do all the scheming and slicking and tricking to get ahead. So listen, there's a whole lot of um, factors and history and social socioeconomical things as to why things are the way they are today. We don't even have time to cover everything. I, I acknowledge that. But I, I firmly believe these two things. Uh, if we get these two things right. That's when folks will begin to see a change. So listen, that's all I have in this Solid Talk family. This was a long one, but this is what the Lord placed on my heart this week. That's all I have in this Solid Talk tonight, family. You all take care and be blessed. This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth Cancel culture can't keep me in check If from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom understanding just like you done went to college Devil know we working as goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it Controversial topics just to keep it honest Truth hit hard just like it's a blunt object Culture living godless, I can't even call it We in the last days, Babylon is falling don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Just walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only around the Shelby say We trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect 
Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I go we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages The blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases I pleaded and believed it so it covers all my bases Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me But I know Jesus gonna keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty, no I can't handle me Not where I wanna be, but best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit, main event and slambery So I need them every day, this daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron, so I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here, but guaranteed the link in heaven The born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in